On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about Rogers making the Raiders call him daddy. Hit subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice. And also give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack. Third down and five. Rogers, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazard. Incredible play. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. A little poem for everybody. The autumn wind is a packer, blustering in from the bay. Rogers shows up no matter the receivers or the day. We'll give up yards, and Redmond and Martinez will stray. But in the red zone, our D will have the final say for the autumn wind. Is a packer. Suck it, Raiders. <laughs> this is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. How we doing? That was a perfect uh, spooky tale uh, vibe right there for Halloween. There. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey guys, this is this is Dave Flynn. Uh, Dan's gonna Dan's gonna need a. <laughs> Yeah, you ruined my voice. Dan, Dan's going to need a break after going a little too wild on his predictions last week. Uh, <laughs> this is Dave Flynn moving forward. So I think the easiest thing uh, this whole season has been naming Rodgers the MVP of this game. But we'll start with this. Out of that MVP, how much credit does Matt LaFleur get? I would give uh, Lafleur a majority of the credit. Um, I, I would give him sixty percent, and only because uh, Rodgers. Is, this is the first game Rodgers looked comfortable in this offense. It looked like he could do anything he wanted at any time, and he did. Um, but a lot of that had to do with how Lafleur was setting him up for success. Uh, you know, short screen, uh, quick routes, getting the ball out of his hands fast to set up the big plays. Um, and you could see that with MVS coming up big twice. Um, so it, it it was it was great to see. But I give a majority of the credit to uh, LaFleur. Yeah, I don't know who predicted a 42-24 victory here uh, that actually didn't even, you know, maybe it didn't even feel that close. It, the first half. Uh, we we caught some breaks, but you know Lafleur's offense is definitely starting to show. Rodgers, like Josh said, looks very comfortable in it. He's getting passes out on time, which was one of our complaints through the first couple of weeks was that he's holding the ball a little too long. Albeit he had great pass blocking today. He had all day to throw the ball. I think he already made a comment on that in the post game press conference. Uh, but credit to Josh, his prediction was uh, Rogers, and his exact quote was, "I don't think we win this game if he doesn't have a little magic in him." And six touchdowns with six incompletions, 429 yards. I'll call that a little bit of magic. So that's a I, little magic for sure. Yeah, you still got to give a lot of credit to Rogers. He looked amazing today. But yeah, it was all within the offense. He wasn't extending too many plays outside of you know what the play call was. So that was a ton of fun to watch the offensive side. The defense needs some work, though. I will say the most excited I've been in a long time was us just going for the throat to start the second half and just saying we're going deep on play one. And it was just unbelievable. Super exciting. So let's let's dig right into it. 
every single person, you know, it's a cliche of everybody was involved. Everybody played a part. Everybody literally played a part on the offensive side. Eight receivers had multiple catches. So literally every person on this receiving group and in the backfield had multiple catches. Half of them had four catches. And we're talking about five different receivers caught a touchdown pass, which I I don't remember the last time that happened. I believe they mentioned it on the broadcast. Rodgers is now one of only three quarterbacks in NFL history with over 400 yards, five throws, and a rushing touchdown. But Jimmy Graham coming back in the fold. MVS, which it sounded like from post-game conversations, wasn't even sure if he was going to play, and he kind of just sucked it up, and then he still goes for 133. But I think we have really, really trashed this receiving core, and rightfully so with the amount of drop passes. They absolutely, from top to bottom, played a part in this game. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hit on. The wide receiver and tight ends hit the jugs machine, you could tell this week. I think, what, they only had two two drops and really one drop, I'd really say. Um, But, uh, yeah, they stepped up their game, and look what happens when you catch the ball with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Magic happens. Yeah, everyone's going to look good when there's only six incompletions, but we're, we're catching a bit of a trend. MVS seems to have a deep shot a game. The the long touchdown that was, I think that was the 74-yarder, was just a quick out route. He, he read the defense, made a guy miss, and it was a touchdown. But the deep route, I mean, I already saw this take, but how much did that feel like Jordy Nelson, guys, the route that Jordy used to run? MVS ran that exact route. It had two cuts in it. He beats the safety bombs it deep it was beautiful that was so much fun to watch and we're starting to expect you know 150 yard shot to mvs a game yeah it was a beautiful route he ran the safety off faked like he was going to just run across the field came back and boom rogers knew it right away he actually had two where he had a this wasn't for mvs but rogers could have had another deep ball to lazard that i was able to rewatch the game when i went down to the gym right after the game the condensed version came out on game pass pretty fast so i rewatched it already and there was a scramble by rogers where he finds jimmy graham and it was one of the you know 20 yard gains or something to that effect but if you look opposite side of the field so you can't discredit rogers for not seeing it it was opposite of his scramble where he was rolling to the near side of the screen but lazard had beaten his coverage and had no safety over the top it would have been a 60 yard bomb to lazard and the hall of fame vibe would have started trending (laughs) yeah so he went crazy but then you know we we asked for the running back involvement in the past game and i i said let's get 10 catches out of the running backs we needed to expose the the so-called weakness of this defense for the raiders was going to be that linebacker play both in the run and the pass game making them play sideline to sideline so jones had four catches uh jamal williams had four catches and danny vitale had two catches so we got our 10 passes to the running backs Jones's catch was almost an exact reenactment. Uh, his touchdown was almost an exact reenactment of the drop ball in the week prior. Uh, very similar play, and it was nice that they saw or they showed the trust in him to do it again. And he made this crazy twirling, spinning catch. He looks over the wrong shoulder or the ball's over the wrong shoulder. He flips his head around and makes the catch. How he makes that catch and not the one that's right in his eye socket, I, well, I'll never understand how these guys do that. <laughs> Uh, but the running back involvement was amazing, except for my my one issue with Vitaly. If we're going to make fullbacks great again and you're rumbling down the sideline for a 20-yard gain, lower your shoulder, my man. You are two, <laughs> you are 240 pounds, and you got a corner that doesn't want to tackle, and he just steps out of bounds. And Kumaro stepped out of bounds on one nice catch, too, uh, in the third quarter. And, man, if you're a backup or you're a fullback, 
I'd like to see you fight a little bit. If you're Devontae Adams, step out of bounds. I'm cool with that. But lower your shoulder and make fullback great again. Speaking of Kumaro, how about his uh, first touchdown? That was a heck of a job keeping himself in bounds. Yeah, he played well. I, I think we see Rodgers' trust in Kumaro and Lazard. There was a funny uh, Lazard catch that he made. Not the acrobatic sideline jump where Worley, uh, Worley pops him and Worley actually ends up hurt. Um, but he makes a catch in the middle of the field on a little bit of a scramble. Rodgers was coming up in the pocket and he finds Lazard. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but Rodgers just kind of jogs up to Lazard and taps him on the head like, good boy, good boy, way to find me. <laughs> <laughs> you could just see the trust there for big. And, you know, that was the first game we saw it from Kumaro. So it, I'm not going to act like that's his coming on, but it was good to see him get his first, I think his first NFL touchdown, right? Outside mm-hmm. of preseason. Yeah. Uh, and, and Lazard made uh, made some plays for two weeks in a row. So we might have something forming here where if we can get Devontae back, we now have weapons that are six or seven deep. You bring up a great point. You know, when the Adams injury happened, I don't think any of us thought it'd be a good thing. But I, I think it's a blessing in disguise. You know, we have found some new things that we can do with this offense. We know that definitely both of our running backs are legit threats. Um, our tight ends are starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then there's some new wide receiver talent in Lazard, you know, and Kumaro stepping up a little bit. So I, I, I really am sort of liking that he's out because other people are getting experience and it'll only help us going into the postseason. Yeah, I, I will pump the brakes for a, a half second on the Jimmy Graham day. He became today four targets, four catches, uh, 65 yards and a touchdown. So he was the safety valve that we want from him, right? I, I don't expect him to be this playmaker that he was with the Saints, but he was a nice safety valve. But his longest gain, I think it was the 29-yarder from him. He makes the catch along the sideline, and then uh, LaMarcus Joyner from the Raiders just made one of the worst tackle attempts I've seen all season. He essentially flails his arm into Jimmy Graham's chest as if, like, uh, I'm going to knock the wind out of you with my forearm and you're going to go down. So Romo and uh, who, I, who's the other announcer with Romo? I don't know. But Romo and the other announcer are giving Jimmy Graham credit. You know, in the middle of the play, they say, oh, Jimmy Graham made a nice move and he's still running. It's like, well, Joyner just made a terrible tackle attempt, which is the exact reason that I want to see Vitali and Kumaro lower their shoulder against these guys. These corners aren't known for tackling. Uh, so Jimmy Graham had 65 yards and about 15 or 20 were gifted to him on a terrible tackle. But that's what we're going to need out of him until we get Sternberger and um, Tanya. Tanya back. Thank you. for How the bailout. dare you? Forget <laughs> Bobby. Bobby. How did you? <laughs> hey, y'all knew what I was talking about. So it still counts. But... Yeah. So. There's no way that our running backs in our backfield are this involved. If Adams is in, it's just, it, this is, I, I don't think um, we are remotely close to being where we should be from a receiving side, because I, as much as he looked fast, I don't think MVS is a hundred percent. I don't think Geronimo is a hundred percent. Adams isn't there. We still have Ryan Grant, which who knows what he could be adding to this offense. And then Mercedes Lewis not involved. I mean, there's a lot of people that didn't play today and we still put up ridiculous numbers. And I know that coming into this, we we talked about the Raiders are in the top five most yards against through the passing game. So we had a shot that if Rodgers was protected, which he was, he would go off, which he did. I think they have another opportunity coming up against the Chiefs who are going to be a little less uh, stringent in the running game. And I think that's my one worry still is we have an O-line that can protect Rodgers, but they're not getting that forward push that I think we need from a running game. And 
I hope we see more Vitaly. I love when he's on the game. I hope that he can start leading these kind of avenues for Jones to get free. But as long as we have Rodgers as a quarterback, we need to be utilizing him. And when he throws the ball like crazy, more often than not, it works. He's got two interceptions this year, both of which you could argue aren't his fault. He literally hit a Packer first. So uh, it, it's just an unbelievable season by him. And I cannot wait for whether it's later this year or in the draft next year for him to feel like I have a one, two, three, and four option that I feel completely confident in. So, yeah, it, it don't get me started on his first interception against the Eagles. We exchanged some conversation earlier this week. <laughs> I saw Bob McGinn on the athletic, you know, blamed uh, his decision-making against the Eagles for not throwing it to Shepard and it, just look at the film. The ball's already out before Shepard frees up. So both picks, uh, you know, are bouncing off a receiver. They were the right throw at the right time, and they ended up intercepted. But Ryan, you made a good a good point about the running game. And what did you guys think about it today? Statistically, it was just 23 rushes for 60 yards. I thought it was pretty efficient, though. I liked what I saw out of the running game. Still, yeah, I thought. Uh, I, I think they executed their game plan. That's that's what I think. I, I don't think they wanted to win this game on the ground. They knew they could uh, take up time with short dink and dunk passes against the linebackers, like you said, Dan. And I think they just stuck to it because it was working. Uh, you know, why for something when, you know, the other thing's already working. So I, I'm perfectly fine with it. Give the backs a little rest from, you know, the past two games that they've had. And, you know, let's let's bring yeah. it in next week. I give Aaron Jones a ton of credit today while his stat line was just 12 for 50, so a 4.2 average, which is fine. There was a, a play specifically on a third and one where when the play happened, I couldn't tell which one it was, Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. And just by the way he ran the ball, I go, that had to be Jamal Williams. It was a straightforward head down. I'm just going to pick up my one yard, right? He was just running the play that was called. And then he pops up, and it was Aaron Jones. He ran a, a power running game on top of making guys miss on other ones. On third and one, he lowered his shoulder, drove through the line, and picked up the first down. So I was impressed with what we saw. But, yeah, to your point, we didn't really have to rely on the running game. Rodgers was lights out. So uh, it was exciting, and I still think those backs are creating something special in the running game, even though we didn't have you know 120 yards today. So in the last four games, guys, we're 3-1, and one, but we're averaging 31.5 points per game. So after, after the oh, first couple of weeks— what? After the first couple of weeks, we were saying, let's get to that 30-point mark. We haven't done it yet. We haven't seen what we want out of Rodgers. we got to think twice. This offense is starting to hit its stride without Devontae. Yeah, and uh, the other side of the ball did not have any trouble running. Uh, Jacobs, we knew, was going to be a factor. All right. I would say not to be, you know, have a big head, but I think that we are above average in football knowledge. That's why we're doing this podcast. We're not geniuses, though. But I think if we had to bet our mortgage, if we had to bet our house, if we had to bet our full savings, and we had to say there are going to be two Raiders on offense that are going to take care of, of business, who would it be? It was Waller and Jacobs. Oh my and goodness. the fact that we legitimately could not stop two people and in some points gave Waller a 10-yard cushion. Let's just dive right into it. Redmond got destroyed on cases. Blake Martinez looked lost. This this D line got zero pressure and granted Carr was getting the ball out of his hands fast. But what do we make about this defense that we know is going to give up yards, but is going to make these plays at certain instances to keep us in the game? I'm scared. 
I mean, Josh, let me start with this one. So Martinez is the NFL's leading tackler going into the night game and Monday night of yes, we played, but he's got 76. I think it was 16 today that he had. So yeah, he, was, he was cleaning up a lot of messes, but that's not necessarily, you know, he's playing lights out. It's just the, the, the plays are ending up in his hands. So he's the NFL's leading tackler. But to your point, Ryan, Darren Waller coming into today had 37 catches for 359 yards. And Tyrell Williams wasn't playing, so that means the Raiders' next best pass catcher was Hunter Renfro, 12 catches, 101 yards over four or five games. So we knew who we had to cover. Just cover Darren Waller. I don't care who you put on him. He's their only weapon. And then defend the run because Josh Jacobs is a very good running back. And we couldn't do it. And after today, I'm not quite sure that we can be all in on we have a defense. We played the Bears, the Vikings before they learned how to pass the ball, it seems, and Denver, and that was 35 total points. But if if you start at week four, we've now given up 34, 24, 22, and 24, and we couldn't stop their two weapons, and that's all they had. Carr missed a ton of throws today, so I, I'm not happy with the defense at all. I'm not happy with Petten's scheme. We, we used to say, well, Petten can take – you know, maybe their biggest weapon away. And if we want to allow the run and give up some yardage there, we're comfortable with it. I guarantee you we were trying to stop the run at Darren Waller and we couldn't do either one today. And I will say that you have to also keep in mind, we have had, what is it now? Five turnovers, quote unquote turnovers inside the one yard line, three interceptions in the end zone, the fumble out of the end zone, and then the goal line stance. So maybe you could call it six if the Detroit Lions actually had a ref, but <laughs> We're talking about lots of points. We're talking about 35 extra points that probably should have been on the board, but we found a way to just somehow pull it off. It's it's a, a defense that I think we're very, very high on, and we are very, very excited, but they have some ginormous gaps. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, two sides to that coin, right? It, they sh- Other teams could have had 35 more points on us, but I know what Josh is about to say. Credit where credit's due. They came up big. He took the words out of my mouth. You know, honestly, I'm not too upset about Jacobs, you know, getting what he got. Uh, A lot of the yards that he got, they were still getting when we were up, uh, you know, late in the third and in the fourth. You know, let him have those running yards. Let him take the clock off. You know, honestly, I didn't have I didn't have a problem with our run defense performance. I thought it was solid and they stopped him when they needed to. No. I think oh, I'd, I'd argue that and Josh Jacobs looked good. I mean, he was shredding us. And if the game if the game script was that the Raiders were a little more in the game, if Rodgers wasn't playing lights out, they could have given him the ball 30 times. And I think he could have single handedly destroyed us today. Well, yes, yes. But that didn't happen. But OK, <laughs> but yes, Waller, like what the heck? Come on. Like even Jair was getting beat by Waller. Like you could clearly tell that they were going to go to him. And go to him often. Even if they had their number one wide receiver, uh, Williams, you know, they Gruden goes to the tight end religiously. And for us to not have a plan, and this is the second time this has happened. The Eagles did this also with Ertz. So I, I, I'm sort of starting to worry about our either safety or linebacker uh, covering anyone uh, man to man so that's definitely something we need to figure out and then i mean if you if you really want to fix the run yeah we, we need to fix the inside still i just want to Go throw ahead. this in uh good news is chiefs don't have a tight end so we're totally fine yeah. don't worry about that part of it just like top two in the game not a big deal 
I thought Goodson was coming on a little bit in the run game. He had some clean tackles. If we're going to give credit to, you know, Derek Carr's fumble to the end zone, credit to Martinez for chasing him down. But the play before that, I'm pretty sure, was Goodson uh, making a real nice clean tackle on a run play from Josh Jacobs on first down. And honestly, the play prior to that was uh, Will Redmond chasing down Waller to tackle him at the three or two yard line. So credits all those guys for the hustle plays. But yet there was such a big swing on that drive uh, where Carr ends up fumbling into the end zone. I mean, mean, everyone that listens to this pod is going to remember it pretty clearly. But if Raiders punch it up there, you know, they're up 17 to 14, pretty much going into halftime. Right. But you cover that up by Kumaro's bomb where the corner just lets him run right by him. I think he was expecting safety help, uh, but the safety had to respect Jimmy Graham. And then, you know, all of a sudden we're up 17-14, was it, or 21-10? 21-10 going into yeah, halftime. 21-10. And then we score coming out a halftime, and it's 28-10. So that completely changed the game. But have you guys also uh, – did you take a look at the touchdown that they scored to Waller where he beats Goodson and Martinez in the middle of the field? The the play call there from Gruden, I don't think I've seen something like that before. It was super creative. They had trips bunched on the left-hand side, right? So you've got Alec Ingold, their fullback, and then uh, I think it was Hunter Renfro as the slot wide receiver, and then Waller is the, the inside guy out of the three. So as a linebacker, you're probably thinking, even the safeties, you're probably thinking that Ingold, the fullback, is going to do some kind of motion into the backfield to either create a run or some play-action fake, and then it can still be a pass play. But instead, what they do is they move Alec Ingold out to the furthest wide receiver position. Jair did a nice job of doing inside coverage on him, knowing he doesn't have to respect him. Hunter Renfro, I believe, had Will Redmond over him. And then that left Goodson on Waller, which is just a terrible matchup for the Packers. I mean, Goodson's not great in pass coverage to begin with. And then he's on this great tight end that's borderline, you know, wide receiver type skill in the passing game. And Amos was on the backside trying to help the other corner. So, how we you know we had 15 yards of field to defend there and Waller's able to split Goodson and Martinez and get behind them still which is embarrassing I would have loved to seen a defensive timeout there just knowing that Gruden out schemed you on that play realize it you know the Packers were scrambling realize that you're outmatched on that play call timeout before it even starts yeah they were scrambling way too much in pass coverage schemes you know it looked like they were confused quite a bit before the play was even snapped um it, and it it just looks like they they're not they weren't completely focused, you know, even even with the two penalties with 12 men on the field like that should not be happening week seven of the NFL season. Like, um, you know, the other problem was like Foo said that in order for our defense to succeed, you know, we needed to bring a little bit more pressure and they only brought four guys a majority of the time and had people in the back covering and yet. <laughs> they passed all over us. So yeah. I, I'm not quite sure what the plan was uh, to this week, but definitely need to mix it up for next. Yeah, we uh, no sacks, no quarterback hits. And the only tackle for loss was Kyler Fackrell, which I don't know if you guys remember it. I don't remember where that play happened. So it, it wasn't, you know, a monumental game. But after, after today, we're 26th in the league in yards per game. And we're also 25th in the league in yards per play, uh, which obviously those two things are going to be pretty correlated. But uh, that's not sustainable. We've got five goal line stands in the last couple of weeks to to some degree or another. Uh, you can't live on the goal line stand, you know, with the defense from the one yard line is all of a sudden when you're tightened up. Uh, we got to shore this up. And I 
hopefully we get lucky that Mahomes isn't playing next week. Again, we're we're going to get a little lucky on an injury there, but um, I'm not impressed with the defense in the last few weeks. I don't know if we're tiring down or just getting out schemed after those first few weeks, but uh, there's there's some work to be done here. You know, I I don't know if there is a fix this year. I hope they figure it out and improve. But honestly, I think this defense is going to live and die by stopping people in the red zone and holding people to field goals and forcing turnovers. I think we will continue to give up yards all all season. You know, Ryan said earlier this year, I think that's our identity as a defense. You know, it's not the best and most uh, glamorous and uh, satisfying way to be a good defense. But, you know, if you make plays when they're needed every weekend, and week out like is that a bad thing like i i don't know i don't right right and you know for amos to tip that ball and uh, kevin king owes him a dinner because kevin king is now tied for uh second in the league with interceptions he's tied with seven other guys but you know i don't think any of us expected kevin king to come into uh halfway through the season and be second in the league for interceptions um, but they've they've come up big at the right time. The other thing I want to call out, maybe, you know, Darnell Savage comes back and shores all this up. And in that case, Darnell Savage for Rookie of the Year campaign needs to go into full effect. But there was another thing that I, I needed to just express my dissatisfaction with. And this is Dave Flynn talking, not Dan Finn. Um, the Raiders <laughs> the, the Raiders punted the ball with under six minutes left. So the game was already over, right? I think they had already pulled. Yeah, uh, Carr had already been pulled. Uh, I noticed that on the fair catch, Kevin King was one of our blockers on the gunner. And I'm like, wow, Kevin King, who's always hurt, is on punt coverage with under six minutes left in a game that's already over. And then in in the screen, the other gunner you know, comes running in, and the guy that was blocking him was Jair. Why did we have Jair Alexander and Kevin King on punt coverage when the game is already done? If one of those guys had gotten hurt, I think we'd all be so mad at whoever our defensive coordinator is right now. <laughs> I think he's got some weird names, so I'm not going to try to butcher it right now. But um, I, I don't know if they were expecting a fake, but even if the Raiders faked, it was too late in the game for it to even matter. I, I don't understand why they were out on the field there. Wait, you're confused about our special teams crapping the bed? It doesn't matter whether it's personnel or oh my goodness our special teams. I I hate our special teams with a passion that that removes the kickers. I'm not including the kickers in this, but in terms of coverage and and kickoff team, I I dread. I I hope that Shepard just lets everything go in the end zone because I can't I can't handle this. I cannot handle watching our special teams. That's something we need to call out because this is going to come to a head at some point in this season, and it doesn't look good right now. Is other teams are happy to let Shepard return the ball right now on kicks. And he's, he's, I, don't, I think he's purposefully not trying to return a punt anymore. He's just trying to play it safe. But on a kickoff, these kickers are easily able to put it into the end zone if they so choose. But they're purposefully kicking it to Shepard at about the two-yard line. And his returns today, I didn't map them out, but they were anywhere from about the 14-yard line to the 18-yard line. We can't even get past the 20, much less if we could just down a ball and get it at the 25. Something it's not even like he has a running lane. I can't put it all on Darius Shepard. So it's not like he has a huge lane and he's just running too slow or something. There's just nothing there. That so is super frustrating. And I'm worried that on top of his limited wide receiver production, we may need to look somewhere else in the return game. Yeah. And even the kick coverage and punt coverage, you know, we have a great punter, but then we give up a 30 yard punt return, you know, that like that, that stuff cannot happen. You know, you have when a punter 
punts it 60 yards, you know, you need to make them fair catch it, not get a 30 yard return. So that great point, Foose, like our, our special teams needs to step up if, you know, if we're going to compete late in the season, because we need all three phases to work. Uh, if our defense doesn't hit one time, you know, and our special teams is playing crappy, that's not going to be, you know, a successful day for us. So we're looking ahead uh, slightly. Uh, by all reports, it seems like Mahomes will not be a go. Um, currently, I've seen everything from minus one Packers to minus three Packers. So Sunday night, which we'll see how that goes. And, and this is, I guess, a borderline third week in a row. We're coming off a team that's a little bit more well-rested because Chiefs are playing a Thursday night game. So they had a little bit more rest time before Sunday at home. But however, our initial thoughts, I know that our defense is going to have a little hands full regardless of it's Matt Moore or not. But do we think that this has to be a situation where Aaron Jones takes control? Can we have Rodgers in back-to-back weeks be this kind of magic man? What are our initial kind of takeaways coming out of this game today? Yeah, the Chiefs' defense is not great. I, I listed off the Packer defensive statistics, and they're 25th and 26th. The Chiefs are even worse in most categories. So the offense needs to have a day, and hopefully that means no matter how the defense performs against Matt Moore, uh, they need to win this game. It, if it was, we're, we're missing out on what could be a great matchup, and we'll cover it with our preview uh, with Mahomes going down with the knee. But they still have a ton of playmakers, and they're coached up well enough from Andy Reid to uh, make those plays and find the guys, you know, in the right situation. So our defense is going to have a lot on their hands. I think we'll learn a lot on that, but we still need to come out victorious. I, I like that spread being one or two because it's in Kansas City, but the Packers need to win this game. If we don't win this game with with them not having Patrick Mahomes, then I'm going to worry even more about our defense uh, because they do have a lot of playmakers. So they will get open. They'll get the ball out of uh, Matt Moore's hands very quickly, uh, similar to what we saw today with Oakland. Um, but they don't have a running offense, you know, so I, I, I'm i liking our odds. Uh, you know, I think I think we beat them pretty handily without, you know, them having Mahomes. But uh, I am worried about our defense just getting enough stops and holding them to field goals instead of touchdowns. And Josh, you're going to be there. So we're going to need a yeah. full report on the barbecue scene. We oh, yeah, to, I, I need get to, to tailgate with some Chiefs fans, and uh, it should be a good old time. Yeah, I, I think, um, first of all, make sure to tell them that the best barbecue comes from Brooklyn, New York, just to fire them all up. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, it should be very, very interesting. But until then, the Packers are all the way up there in the NFC North standings with Chicago absolutely getting dismantled although the score won't show it with two late touchdowns the lions and vikings going at it but regardless the packers are on top so that will do it for this episode we will catch everybody on thursday as we preview packers chiefs on sunday night thanks everybody go pack go